Elk Meadows Sheriff's Department, please hold. Elk Meadows Sheriff's Department, please hold. You go to the Whitley house yet? Oh yeah, living room was a mess. Wine glasses broken, fucking glass table flipped. Like, who flips a glass table? Someone who likes wearing shoes indoors. Forever. That's who. Seriously, looks like they try to clean it up, but you can never get all those little glass pieces out. Not out of that fuzzy rug. Yo. You hear Gareth's gun is missing too? Yep, Cabot 1911. Gold monogram. What, what is it with rich people and monogramming? His gun, his gate... I heard his... even his toilets are monogrammed. Really? Nah, I made that up. But I am getting a kind of Saddam vibe from him. What's going on here? Uh, it's our break. Okay, first off, it's not. But what I meant was, why are you discussing the details of an active murder case directly in front of the podcaster who is recording every word you say? Hey. <laughs> I knew that's what she was doing. I, th I, I thought she was playing candy. Go, both of you, help with the hotline. Do your jobs in Sydney. Yeah, okay, okay, I'm turning it off. This is Sydney Bell, and you're listening to The Hunt? Question mark? Monday, September 30th, 9 a.m., two days after Sarah Kovacs' murder. This is Real Talk Rob with today's ad hoc, Real Talk. It's murder! What's up, Real Talk Nation? My robber barons, my robots of fire, it's Real Talk Rob here with some breaking news. Straight from Elk Meadows and into your house or apartment or wherever it is you're living, long as Real Talk Rob hooked it up, let's roll some clips I don't have the rights to. Gareth Whitley, founder and CEO of the Whitley and Beckett Company, has been arrested in association with the murder of Sarah Kovacs. What? Look at this Gareth dude right here, wearing a vest, pleated pants, talking like he innocent. This is a complete misunderstanding. I, I did not kill this woman. Man, do you believe that? And this guy right here, Mr. Big Deal, oh, Mr. Badge, Mr. Broadbrim Sheriff Hat, even though it's not sunny out. Look, we're in, we're in the early stages of this investigation, so our, our hope is that no one jumps to any conclusion. This is Real Talk Rob, so you know I'm going to real talk with you, and I'm saying right now that this old dude, Gareth, he did it. He did the hell out of that crime. <gasps> or did he? I don't have an opinion yet, but when I do, you know it's going to be strong. So let me know what you think it should be by replying in the comments below. And if you like this video, then check out the other clips in my senseless violence playlist. Like, this terrorist ain't hilarious, and church bombing, what up? And an intimate sit-down with former lawmakers on the preeminent issues facing America in the 21st century. Until next time, if you want to walk the walk, you know you need Rob's real-ass talk. Hukka-chaka, hukka-chaka, real talk! Gareth Whitley's arrest dominated national headlines, sending ripples through the town of Elk Meadows. 
Since building Whitley and Beckett 30 years ago, Gareth had been a pillar of the community. A private but charitable presence who helped fund everything from road work to youth camps. But that didn't mean he was free from scandal. His marriage to a hotel heiress netted two children, but ended in a messy divorce. His company had repeatedly been investigated by the Antitrust Committee with an inquiry in 2002, leading to him disappearing to the Southeast for six months. And his business partner, Robert Beckett, died in a single engine plane crash in Mexico. On a flight, that Gareth was supposed to be on, but backed out of last second. Coincidence? Probably. But I do think he killed that lady. That's not necessarily the opinion of this podcast, but it is Ben's. He's our resident PI and my sleuthing partner. It's not a thing. Yes, it is. I told Sheriff Chow about seeing Sarah's killer in a cop uniform, but my police cover-up theory was quickly debunked. Apparently, the entire police force was attending their wine mixer retreat at the time of the murder, and there were plenty of embarrassing videos to prove it. Hey, check this shit out. Ew, what is that? Marzipan? I don't know, but I'm showing everyone. So, it was more likely that the killer was simply dressed as a cop. Now, did Gareth own such an outfit? Or maybe rent one from one of those year-round Halloween stores that somehow stay in business despite their incredibly niche market. When it came to Gareth Whitley, we had tons of questions and little to no answers. So I contacted every state and federal authority I could think of. Hello, this is the county courthouse. The Department of Justice. SEC, how can I... Wait, you you called me, right? And I submitted FOIA requests for everything related to Gareth Whitley or the Whitley and Beckett Corporation. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, give me a sec. Through the Freedom of Information Act, I'd soon have all of the facts I needed to paint a real picture of Gareth Whitley. The mountains of hard evidence required to truly understand his wants and motivations. Yeah, that's going to take 552 days. Uh, the FOIA request? Yeah, maybe 551, if we're rushing. I I don't understand. Why does it take so long? Well, it's, it's actually very complicated. Oh, no. I'm going through a tunnel or something. So, in the meantime, Ben and I took to the streets to find out what the people of Elk Meadows really knew about our mysterious prime suspect. Gareth Whitley? Oh yeah, he fucks. I heard they based the bad guy in Monopoly after him. I heard he considers humans the most dangerous game. I heard he had a time machine. Blew it up, then bought another one, just to go back in time to before he blew up the first one, to have both. 420. But when it came to the topic of Gareth and Sarah, the responses followed a closer pattern. Had you ever seen Mr. Whitley around town with the girl who died? The young brunette? Yeah, at brunch. At the department store, but trying to keep a low profile. All smiling and lovey-dovey, you could tell what was going on there. Yeah, I did it. 
Wait, we're talking about the girl, right? Actually, eh, whatever. He's rich enough. If my mom had taught me one thing, it was to always question the official story and also rib stitch knitting, which is super useful in the winter months. So we went over all of the evidence against Gareth Whitley. We knew that Sarah was killed wearing slippers from Gareth's house, that there were signs of a struggle at his house and an attempt to clean it up afterwards, that Sarah's car was parked at his house at the time of the murder, and that people around town had seen Sarah and Gareth together, presumably as lovers. And there were no signs of forced entry. Right, sleuthing partner. Still not a thing. So what now? We do what I've been waiting to do this whole time. Nothing. Seriously? Yes, we let the sheriffs handle it. No way. Why don't we, like, check out Gareth's house? Oh, the private property that's an active crime scene? Okay, what about Gareth's gun? Let's hunt it down. It's at the bottom of the Pacific. Oh, come on. There's got to be something we can do. Gareth lives alone at the site of the murder, there was no forced entry, and his gun's missing. He totally killed that woman. Then why did he dress up as a cop to get into his own house? Why not just open the door? Maybe it was a role-playing thing. Okay, Ben, I know you're upset that I talked on the podcast about your fiancé leaving you for a yogi. In training. He's a yogi in training. And I'm really sorry for doing that. I am. But this is literally life or death. Well, Sarah's actually dead either way. But, you know, if he strikes again, he could kill... Just stop. Would you just just stop? Stop talking. Look, we've got no lead. We've got no clues. We've got no access. No, no, we do have access. Yep. Access that no one else has, I think. Sort of. Yeah? Uh-huh. And what's that? The Hunt? Question mark. Used to be brought to you by the good people at Whitley and Beckett. Until we helped get their founder and CEO arrested and their stock plummeted overnight. But now that they've given us a cease and assist letter, we're open to new sponsors. So if anyone's interested, please, please, Please reach out. Please. Anyone. While the lost sponsorship had hurt my bank account and threatened the long-term viability of this podcast, it did give us a direct line to Whitley and Beckett through their lawyers because they were suing us. Well, her, not me. I'm not legally responsible for any of this. Just, Just want to make that clear. But after a long discussion and some shrewd negotiation that definitely didn't involve me crying for minutes on end, we agreed to stop advertising their products. And they gave us access to Tanner Whitley, Gareth's son, who wanted to go on the podcast to reassure the public that the company was in good hands, regardless of his father's legal troubles. So we figured we'd talk to him, see if he knew anything important. And that's why they call it doggy style. It's got nothing to do with dogs. That's Tanner Whitley. Oh shit, we're already recording? We decided it was best to meet discreetly at a restaurant that I'll call TGI Saturdays, both to avoid the throngs of reporters outside Whitley and Beckett and to indulge in their endless app specials. So when you say endless, is there like a certain time limit? 
While the meeting was at three, we showed up a bit early to scope out the location. And what about to-go boxes? And, and if so, how many? And to try to secure a new sponsor for the podcast. We can plug your specials and talk about all your awesome deals. So I could speak. And, like, give my opinions on our top dishes. And the danger of vaccines. But that didn't really work out. And at 2.59, a black Rolls Royce pulled into the handicapped spot outside. And out walked Tanner Whitley. And don't forget my main man, Arnov. And, yeah, he was driven by his good friend slash driver, Arnov. Saw, dude! He's like Turlin Entourage. But... Yo, Arnov! Don't let that short bus park next to the rolls. You know those kids will be flopping around and shit, and we just got those panels fixed. A saw? Dude. Tanner looked a lot like his father. Sharp facial features, deep-set eyes, but younger and in better shape. I follow a strict workout plan of compound lifts, high-intensity interval training, Cool, cool, yeah. Should we talk about the case? Well, I'm not here to talk about that. I just want to make sure that everyone knows that Whitley and Beckett is assessing the situation during this trying time, and that we still hold the same wholesome values that make us the world's number one supplier of home goods. Well, number two. Some guys in China just passed us, but you can't compete with them, right? There's like a billion of them. Right. So true. So, did your dad kill Sarah Kovacs or what? I can't comment on that. Oh, come on. I'm serious. Come on! Bro, if this is all this interview is going to be... Why don't we talk about something more interesting? Like... Yourself. Yeah? What do you do at Whitley and Beckett? I'm the VP of external events. I travel a ton to meet with our big consumer goods sellers. The Targets, the Walmarts, the big dogs, you know? I make sure they're eating. Oh, that sounds really cool. It is. Thank you. It's dope. So you're like a major salesperson. Uh, I operate more in the post-sell realm, reaffirming pre-existing commitments by reinforcing social bonds. He's the girl at the club who brings the bottle to the table after someone else pays for it. And you've been working at Whitley and Beckett since you were young. Well, no. My sister and I grew up with my mom in Calabasas, but after I finished up at SC, fight on, broom suck, I moved up here to work at WB with my dad. Did you ever stay at his cabin up in Pleasant Valley? For a few months out of school. You still have the key? I have a penthouse apartment in the city and a new three-bed in town. I don't need a crash with my dad. So that's a yes or a definitely yes? That's a no. Me and my sister would spend nights up there when we were younger, but our dad's the only one with the keys. It's where he spends most of his time these days. When you were living with him, did he ever bring any girlfriends around? Every once in a while. I don't think he's dated in years. When he was dating, did he have a type? Young, fit brunettes. I mean, who isn't into that, right? Um, but that doesn't mean he killed that girl. We had one more question, if you don't mind. What were you up to Saturday night at around 1, 1.30 in the morning? <laughs> the night the girl was killed? I was on a flight coming in from Heathrow. You can check the flight records. Oh, don't worry. We will. Thanks for your time, Tanner. Oh, and that sister of yours. Is she local? You think Tanner was lying about having a key to the cabin? I think lying's Tanner's default setting. But his alibi checks out. His flight didn't land until 6 the next morning. But hey, I'll snoop around on the keys. That's good thinking. Thanks. 
I figured, no force entry, right? So who else had keys? Hey, why don't you take the lead on these interviews from now on? Really? Was I a natural? Like a young Sherlock Holmes or an age-appropriate Nancy Drew? Oh, yeah, you were, uh... You were good, but... I, I, I totally hate these people, so I'd, I'd like to talk as little as possible. Yeah, I always heard it was rude to ring more than once. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. Delaney Rose Whitley, Gareth's oldest adult child, took bits and pieces from both her businessman father and her socialite mother, channeling her stunning beauty and natural-born charisma into a large and loyal, or as Ben would describe it, totally cult-like following. A following which she would leverage into a women's lifestyle blog and a line of expensive beauty and wellness products with questionable scientific backing. That's coming from someone who believes in Bigfoot's ghost. Editor's note, we have yet to disprove him. As for Delaney Rose, she wore her wealth on her sleeve. An opulent house, a long, ornate driveway, her silver Bentley parked outside so that people could see it through the gate. But despite all that, she was said to be charming, intelligent, and naturally radiant in a way that could be felt for miles. Uh, Benvenidos? And this totally wasn't her. I'm Kenneth, Dee's personal trainer. We just finished a pretty intense sesh, so she's doing an enlightened warm down, and then she'll be down to greet you both. Great. Uh, do you want us to just wait in this very large chandelier room? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, this is fine. Dee finds it very important to let guests into her house personally and would hate to start this relationship on such an ungracious foot. She just sent me so that you wouldn't be kept waiting. So, so we're just standing here then? That, my friend, is correct. Cool. Eventually, Delaney Rose did show up. Enchanté, enchanté. Welcome to my humble abode. Care to join us in the kitchen while I assemble one of my goddess glow power smoothies? She was one of those women who actually looked good after a hard workout. No stray hairs coming out of her headband. Sweat that glistened and smelled like essential oils. Also, her kitchen was awesome. Thank you. It is awesome. You know, an integral part of a healthy diet is a healthy kitchen. When one focuses on the spiritual side of it. Cool, cool, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're really busy, so we're just going to cut to the chase. Right, Sydney? Uh, yeah, yeah. We wanted to know about your relationship with your dad. Well, I'm sure Tanner told you that after the divorce, we were raised primarily by our mom. And as the older sibling, you were what age at the time of the divorce? Ten. I just started middle school. Stairmaster to adulthood. So you probably remember it well. Only that it wasn't coming from a place of peace and prosperity. A war of words. A flogging of hearts. Is he, is he going to keep doing that? So it was ugly. Did that bleed into the custody battle at all? I wouldn't call it a battle. Based on the current definition of the word, that would assume both parents wanted to raise their children. Wow. Bitter much? <laughs> Me? Watermelon is bitter. A fickle fruit. No, it's not. I'm just realistic. I've spent many moons finding peace with the fact that my father and I weren't meant to exist on the same wavelength. So you would never even visit 
Or stay up at his cabin over the summer. I haven't spent a night in that cabin since I was 16. Even after you moved closer to him? I moved here because this region has superior access to the herbs needed for my lifestyle brand. And because of the air quality. Great for the pores. The skin holds to the soul. But I suppose my dad and I got a bit closer once I lived in town. He tried to reach out. For a time. Did you ever meet any girls that he'd bring around? Any new flames? Mm, If my father became struck by the capricious arrow of Cupid, he'd spare no expense. He'd buy a girl gifts, fly her up for the weekend. But he kept things private. From the public and from us. I heard he had a thing for young brunettes. Like in their 20s. Young people have a fresh energy. It's infectious. Kenneth, for example, has the soul of a child. An infant in a man husk. So I can understand his attraction. Okay, last question. Just for housekeeping purposes, where were you Saturday night at the time of the murder? We had a late night STP at the gym. STP? Social training party. It's a rigorous spin class set to the sounds of animals mating, birthing, and then painfully dying. You see, it's a life cycle for your ears and physical cycling for your legs and your heart and your soul. Yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And I regret asking. Tanner and Delaney Rose's alibis checked out. Tanner was in the air, didn't land until Sunday morning, and Delaney Rose was at her class. So we regrouped at my house to debrief. Oh, wow! You said my house was a mess. Look at this place. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just haven't had the chance to clean. These stacks of paper are like three feet tall. What is all this? It's, it's, it's just like pamphlets and newspaper articles. It's, it's my mom's stuff. Oh. What's it been, a couple months? Three. Well, and a half. I mean, it, it, it's really all junk. I've... I've thought about storing it. It's just such a pain. Yeah, I, just... I know a guy who can come in and scrap it for no. me if you... I thank you, but I'm, I'm okay. Hey. Uh, yeah, let me step outside. Gareth's children hadn't done him any favors with their testimonies. Although it seemed like neither of them knew him that well nor seemed particularly interested in doing so. And yes, me and my mom had our fair share of issues. But if your own family won't vouch for you, who will? Well, that was the guy who hand-built Gareth's doors and locks. Cabin uses infrared keys, all custom-made, only three pair. One with the maid, who was out of town all week. One with Gareth, who had it when he was arrested. And the last one was in the entrance of the house when the cops came in. So they're all accounted for. Well, it was worth a shot, I guess. Do you really think Gareth did it? Killed this poor woman? I think there's no evidence so far that he didn't. 
You know, I, I met him once. Gareth. Only the one time like a dozen years ago, when he'd still go out around town. I must have been seven or eight, and there was a holiday giveaway thing. And you know, the holidays were a tough time for my mom, because we, I mean, we just didn't have a lot of money. But Gareth had paid for this toy giveaway at a store in the mall. And my mom, with how she was physically, we, we, I mean, we just couldn't get anywhere on time. So we get there late, and naturally, all the presents are gone, and I'm, I'm trying not to cry, and all the kids and their parents are looking at us, because, I don't know, you know, my mom had her reputation, and we just, we really stood out. So I'm embarrassed, and my mom's yelling, and I don't remember if it was at me or the people looking at us, but it was, it was just chaos, just chaos. And then this man walks up, Gareth Whitley, in this nice suit, and he, he takes us to the side and in the toy store, and he tells me, pick anything you want, and it's yours. So I picked a gift card, and I give it to my mom. And Gareth laughs, and he says I remind him of his daughter, although Delaney Rose must have been in her mid-twenties by this point. And he gives us three gift cards, three hundred dollars, which my mom would slowly milk over like the next six years. I mean, she would have bought groceries there if she could have. In a town where people were always pointing fingers and calling my mom names, Gareth was the only one to go out of his way and do a nice thing for us. How could someone who did that do this? I don't know, Sydney. I, I really don't. But, you know, why don't you get some sleep and we'll, we'll figure it out tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, I, need, I need to pay you for today. Eh, you know, you paid me double yesterday. Let's just call it even. You sure? Yeah. I'll just, I'll charge you triple for tomorrow. <laughs> Go get some sleep. Okay, yeah, sleep does sound good. Hello? Hello? Is this Sydney Bell? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, no, it's not. I'm, well, maybe. It depends. I own a gun, sir. This is Gareth Whitley. Would you be interested in a chat? The Hunt, question mark, is created, written, and directed by Eric Wong. Produced by Stephen Pipps, Eric Wong, and Aaron Merrill. Edited by Aaron Merrill and Eric Wong. Audio engineering by Aaron Merrill and Will Katsopoulos. Sound design and mixing by Armin Arouche and Aaron Merrill. With script supervising by John Sherry and assistant directing by Gabby McCullough. Starring Taylor Owen, Paulina Bugembe, Diego Ray, and Nat Topping. With additional voices by Joey Avery, Grace Dahlman, John Sherry, John B. Steins, Cameron Ballingall, 
Rachel Lee Moore, James Neal, Nathan Hengstebeck, Tori Jimenez, Nicole Casagna, Will Kiltsopoulos, Vesper North, Danny O'Rourke, Matt Rico, and Kelsey Vandenberg. With original artwork by Brian Wong and original compositions by Armin Arouche.